Who can bear the thought? Well, hey, how are you today? This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and I'm coming to you from Riverside, California. And podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. Today, we're going to read Job 23 and 24, and I'm calling the episode, Take a Realistic Look, and I've got a special surprise for you at the end of the show today. So let's get right to it. Job chapter 23. Job answered, Today my complaint is again bitter. My strength is weighed down because of my groaning. Oh, that I could know how to find him, come to his dwelling place. I would lay out my case before him, fill my mouth with arguments, know the words with which he would answer, understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me through brute force? No, he would surely listen to me. There, those who do the right thing can argue with him. I could escape from my judge forever. Look, I go east, he's not there, west, and I don't discover him, north in his activity, and I don't grasp him. He turns south, and I don't see. Surely he knows my way. When he tests me, I will emerge as gold. My feet have stayed right in his tracks. I have kept his way and not left it, kept the commandments from his lips and not departed, valued the words from his mouth more than my food. He is of one mind. Who can reverse it? What he desires, he does. He carries out what is decreed for me and can do many similar things with me. Therefore, I am scared by his presence. I think and become afraid of him. God has weakened my mind. The Almighty has frightened me. Still, I am not annihilated by darkness. He has hidden deep darkness from me. Job chapter 24 Why are times not appointed by the Almighty? Why do those who know him not see his days? Men move boundary stones. They seize the flock and pasture them. They drive away the orphan's donkey. They take the widow's ox as a pledge. They turn the needy from the pathway, and the poor of the land hide themselves together. Like wild donkeys in the desert, they go out to their labor, seeking diligently for food. The wasteland provides food for them and for their children. They reap fodder in the field and glean in the vineyard of the wicked. They spend the night naked because they lack clothing. They have no covering against the cold. They are soaked by mountain rains and huddle in the rocks because they lack shelter. The fatherless child is snatched from the breast. The infant of the poor is taken as a pledge. They go about naked without clothing and go hungry while they carry the sheaves. They press out the olive oil between the rows of olive trees. They tread the wine presses while they are thirsty. From the city the dying groan, and the wounded cry out for help. But God charges no one with wrongdoing. There are those who rebel against the light. They do not know its ways, and they do not stay on its paths. Before daybreak the murderer rises up. He kills the poor and the needy. In the night he is like a thief. And the eye of the adulterer watches for the twilight, thinking, No eye can see me, and covers his face with a mask. In the dark the robber breaks into houses, but by day they shut themselves in. They do not know the light. For all of them the morning is to them like deep darkness. 
they are friends with the terrors of darkness. You say, He is foam on the face of the waters. Their portion of the land is cursed, so that no one goes to their vineyard. The drought as well as the heat carry away the melted snow. So the grave takes away those who have sinned. The womb forgets him. The worm feasts on him. No longer will he be remembered. Like a tree, wickedness will be broken down. He preys on the barren and the childless woman and does not treat the widow well. But God drags off the mighty by his power. When God rises up against him, he has no faith in his life. God may let him rest in a feeling of security, but he is constantly watching all their ways. They are exalted for a little while, and then they are gone. They are brought low like all others, and gathered in, and like a head of grain, they are cut off. If this is not so, who can prove me a liar and reduce my words to nothing? Well, today we had two short chapters in which our brother Job continues to answer his friends, or should I say accusers. Let's look for a moment at chapter 23, shall we? Job says that he'd like to make his case in God's presence. He says, would he argue with me from his position of power? No, I know that he would listen to me. So even though Job feels that God has brought his sorrows on him unjustly, he still trusts that God would listen and give him a fair audience. And then he says that surely God knows that he's been a good man and that the trials that he's been through are refining him as gold. But even though he trusts God, he's afraid of him because of who God is. I believe this is a healthy fear. I think sometimes, beloved, we take God for granted. We've gotten so used to his grace that we forget about his awesome, infinite power. It's good to be reminded that God is not to be trifled with. The commentator Adam Clark had this to say, Nothing can humble a pious mind so much as scriptural apprehensions of the majesty of God. It is easy to contemplate His goodness, loving kindness, and mercy. In all these we have an interest, and from them we expect the greatest good. But to consider His holiness and justice, the infinite righteousness of His nature, under the conviction that we have sinned and broken the laws prescribed by His sovereign majesty, and to feel ourselves brought as into the presence of His judgment seat, who can bear the thought? If cherubim and seraphim veil their faces before His throne, and the holiest soul exclaims, I loathe myself when I see God, and into nothing fall, what must a sinner feel, whose conscience is not yet purged from dead works, and who feels the wrath of God abiding on him. And how, without such a mediator and sacrifice as Jesus Christ is, can any human spirit come into the presence of its judge? Those who can approach him without terror know little about his justice and nothing of their sin. When we approach him in prayer or in any ordinance, should we not feel more reverence than we generally do? That's something to think about. I'd love to hear what you think. You can comment on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com slash S12E80. Or you can email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or go to comment.lifespringmedia.com and leave a comment there. Tomorrow we're going to complete the book of Isaiah with the reading of chapters 62 through 66. Boost.
This date in church history, November 18th, 1800. John Nelson Darby was born. He was an Irish-born English spiritual reformer. He was a gifted exponent of the early Plymouth Brethren movement, and following a schism that began in 1845, he became the leader of the stricter Exclusive Brethren. And on this date, November 18, 1866, English devotional writer Catherine Hankey wrote the verses we sing today as the hymn, I Love to Tell the Story. And that happens to be one of the stories that I covered on Lifespring Hymn Stories. I'll have the link to that episode on the show notes page for this episode, lifespringmedia.com s12e80. Take a listen. I think you'll like it. And we have a prayer request today. This is from Anonymous. And Anonymous says, I have been a Christian for many years, but I'm still struggling with pornography. Please pray that I will desire God more than my sin. Well, Anonymous will definitely pray with and for you about this. There are a lot of people these days with this problem that can become an addiction. And just as there is no shame in seeking the help of 12-step programs like Alcoholics Anonymous, it's okay to get help with a program for pornography addiction. You need to learn how to break the pattern, and you need accountability. If you don't see your way to joining a 12-step program, I strongly encourage you, Anonymous, to go to a trusted Christian friend who you can be accountable to, someone the same sex as you who loves you enough as a friend and a Christian brother or sister who will really take this responsibility seriously and will make you be accountable. Years ago, I had a sponsor on the LifeSpring podcast called CovenantEyes.com. You might look into signing up with them, too. Porn is a big problem for men and for women. You are not alone, and God wants you to seek His forgiveness and then use the resources that are available to help you get control. It is doable. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace, Lord, but we don't take it for granted. You are a holy God, and Jesus paid the price on the cross so that we, as Paul said, are no longer slaves to sin. But to be honest, Lord, sometimes we allow ourselves to become habituated to behaviors that are sinful. I pray now that you would help Anonymous and any others that are listening and praying along with me now. I pray that you would help them to seek your forgiveness once more and then to do what's necessary to break the patterns that seem to take over. Help them to seek whatever help is available to them, whether it be a Christian 12-step program, a trusted Christian friend who will hold them accountable, or a service like Covenant Eyes, or a combination of tools, Lord. Give them guidance, God. Give them courage. Help them to flee this sin like Joseph did. Sexual sin is sometimes better fled from than stood up to, and that's why your word tells us to flee. I pray, Lord, that you would help Anonymous and any other LifeSpring family member who needs it today to make it through today without looking at porn. Help them today, and then tomorrow, and then the next day, and the next. And I thank you for this LifeSpring family that you've brought together, and for those that will be joining us at some time in the future. I pray that this show would encourage them to follow you more closely. As 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by you and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God or woman of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Father, we want to be men and women of God. Use your word to equip us as we join together right here each day. 
I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, beloved, when you send your prayer requests in, I will pray for you in my daily private prayer time. At Anonymous, I've been praying for you ever since I got your email. And, of course, we'll pray together on the show. So go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com and submit your prayer request like Anonymous did. Today I'm going to close the show with a song by my very good friend who happens to be a Dove Award and Grammy winner. He's one of the pioneers of contemporary Christian music, as a matter of fact. I've spent a lot of time with Brian Duncan. He's been at my house, I've been at his. We've ridden our motorcycles a lot together. One of the things I respect about Brian is that he's made no secret of the fact that he has dealt with addiction in his life and that he is a believer in and participant in 12-step programs. He makes himself available to programs around the country to sing for them, and he wrote the song I'm going to share with you today about taking it one day at a time, step by step. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thanks for being here. I'm Steve Webb. This is Brian Duncan with Step by Step. Enjoy and be encouraged. Strong.